Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just when you think the Rays' offense has finally found its way. 24 runs over three games against the Toronto Blue Jays. You drop the first two games of a five-game series. Then you come back, you win the last three, scoring those 24 runs, eight home runs over those three games. And you're saying, finally, the Rays have some hitting to go with that pitching. And then comes Monday, July 4th. It's Steve Verstick filling in for Rick Stroud. He'll be back on tomorrow's podcast. That's assuming the airlines don't cancel his flight like that's going around the country. So he should be back on the podcast tomorrow. But Steve Erstick filling in. We're going to discuss about the Rays. We're going to talk about the Lightning re-signing Nick Paul, trading Ryan McDonough, and what that means for this season and beyond for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, uh, But first, were you outside this weekend? It's hot, which means your electric bill is going through the roof right now. Well, for more than 16 years, May Electric Solar has been in the business and are family-owned and operated. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now, and they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's going to do the job. In a field that there's many fly-by-night companies, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all of your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all of its products and conducts on-site testing. You'll see exactly what they're going to install. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862 to schedule a free estimate for your home solar energy system. Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve your quality of life and your appliances. They'll get you through every storm season. Call May Electric Solar, 727 819 2862 or go to com. I hope everyone had a good 4th of July. I think the fireworks have finally uh, stopped outside uh, my house here in uh, Valrico. Uh, but I hope uh, everyone had a safe and, and happy and, and good 4th of July weekend. Uh, myself, I got to uh, go take my boys to Dude Perfect on Friday night, which was a great show at Amelie Arena. If you have uh, young boys, I'm sure they've seen their videos on YouTube and all the trick shots and basketballs and football throwing and that. That was a blast. I went to the Rowdies game Saturday night. Uh, some quick goals by the Rowdies. Took an early lead, and they beat Memphis, who was uh, atop the Eastern Conference standings going into the game. Rowdies in third place. Now uh, Memphis fell to second with that loss as Louisville jumped, jumped past them. But uh, Rowdies, another good effort. Um, always a good time. If you've ever been to a Rowdies game, uh, it's a great atmosphere there at Outlang Stadium. Good time. Uh, Saturday night was actually $5 beer night, and they had fireworks after the game. So it was uh, we had a blast. Uh, it actually, it was my sons and a bunch of their friends, and we had a big group go out there. So uh, if you've never been out there, I encourage you to. Uh, great entertainment, and they're a really good team. They're uh, back up to third place in the Eastern Conference now. Of course, the last two years they won the Eastern Conference both years. So uh, always a good product there on the field. But the Rays traveled to – Toronto had a five-game series, which five game, four-game series are awful in baseball. 
and they've got a five-game series, and they've got another five-game series later in the season. And this is because of the lockout at the beginning of the season. So the first two series of the year, the first week of the season was missed because of the, the lockout, spring training started late, et cetera. So they basically added a series to the end of the season. So instead of ending the season on a Sunday, the Rays are going to play Boston uh, for three games, uh, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to end the season. So the, the, the postseason got pushed back like three to four days because of this. The other series that you missed, they added games, basically made double headers. So the Rays have two trips into Toronto this year and the original schedule. One was a three-game series. One was a four-game series. So you've got to make up three games with them. So Major League Baseball said, fine, we're going to add two games to the three-game series and one game to the four-game series. Now you have two five-game series to play against the Blue Jays in Toronto this year. So this past week was the first of those two five-game series for the Rays. Uh, lost the first two games, so and, and offense didn't show up again. Defense was awful on Friday. Kevin Kiermeyer, you're the best center fielder in baseball. Put your glove up and catch the ball. I don't know if you saw this on Friday. He tried to Willie Mays a, a, a catch that he had easily caught up to. All he had to do was reach out his glove, drops it. The official score in Toronto calls it a hit. I mean, come on. Corey Kluber's got to be ticked at that. I mean, that's a, that's an easy catch. He wasn't stretching for that catch. It wasn't a hard catch. He had run under that ball. Uh, just on Sunday or a Monday, we'll get to Monday's game in Boston, Isak Paredes, an easy out at second, tries to go to the backhand instead, trying to make a throw. I don't know why he was playing so deep, but that may have led to it as well. But the defensive errors on the Rays continue over and over, and I just don't understand it because – Look, players are going to make errors. There's, I mean, it happens. But there's so many routine plays that they're flubbing. Kevin Kiermaier should never drop a ball in center field that he's coasting under. Infielders at second base shouldn't have to make wild throws to, to first base when you're that close. Step into it, etc. It's on a team that isn't hitting well. Take out the three games in Toronto. A team that's not hitting well. You look at that lineup, and you're going, where are we going to get runs today? You have to play good defense. You, it's not optional. Uh, you know, If you don't play good defense on this race team, they don't have a chance. And their pitching has been phenomenal this year. Uh, we'll talk about today's game in Boston. Josh Fleming called back up. He pitches the middle innings. Looked great. Uh, they gave one run. Uh, he what? He gave up f- four runs, three earned through his five or six innings. W- one more run should have been unearned. They gave a hit instead of an error. Uh, he looked great. Uh, the pitching staff continues to dazzle for the Rays. They keep finding what Christopher Ogando, been out of baseball for nearly five years, finally makes it to the majors at age twenty eight. He that was a great story. The rate they just—I mean—they didn't have Ryan Thompson or Brooks Raley in Toronto as they're not vaccinated, but they just keep finding ways to put good pitching out there, and the defense—it's it, just puzzling. And, and they've allowed so many unearned runs this year. Uh, and it, like I said, this team is built on pitching and defense. I mean, they're never going to compete offensively with the biggest teams, with the way their lineups constructed. They can—they can hit at times. They've got player and they've got a lot of players hurt that aren't helping. You know, Brendan Lau, 
Mike Zanino could run into – well, this year he wasn't, but like last year he would run into some periodically. You know, you, you need pitching and defense, and they've got the pitching this year. You know, like I said, Corey Kluber had to be ticked on Friday. You know, it was a one nothing game, and all of a sudden it explodes to 5 nothing after that play. And like I said, they scored it a hit, so he gets all-earned runs, which, you know, really, I, I don't understand that decision. But, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The Rays get a loss in that regard. And I wanted to look up real quick where their unearned runs are for the year. Because last year, what did we say? They had 56 unearned runs. 48 unearned runs currently. They had 56 all of last year. 48 unearned runs this season. It's incredible. I mean, they're the fourth best ERA in baseball. Behind the Astros, the or the Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers. And the Rays are the next best team as far as pitching. But 48 unearned runs cannot happen for this Rays team if they're going to be successful into the postseason. They have to fix the defense and the base running, too. How many more times are we going to see outs on the base? Yandy Diaz, you get two hits on Monday against the Red Sox. Two. And Yandy Diaz is one of them, and he rounds first and starts heading to second on a bloop to right field and gets caught. Gets caught in no man's land because they throw behind him because he rounded it too far. I mean, how many more times are we going to see bad base? I mean, look, guys are going to get thrown out. If, If they make a perfect throw and nail you, fine. You tried to steal a base and got caught. Okay, I mean those aren't those aren't the base running errors we're talking about. I mean you're going to make outs on the bases periodically. You know if you're going to be aggressive, you're going to make some outs periodically. But you can't as you're watching the ball in right field go round the bag too far and then get caught off. You can't be making those kind of base running errors. Now would that have changed the game in, in Boston on Monday? Probably not. It was you had two hits all game. You did nothing against weak pitching. And now you're going to get Pavetta today. He's a lot tougher than the pitching you faced yesterday on or Monday on the 4th of July. Now, look, you have bad games. That's fine offensively. You, if you just came off three really good games. You hope that Monday was just uh, traveled into Boston, 4th of July, who knows what, you know, just a bad day. You'll come out tonight. You got a night game in Boston against Pavetta. Hopefully you're going to be a better offense like you were the three games prior because that's how you won that series in Toronto. Your offense finally came alive. You scored some run. You had a six-run inning over the weekend. That's, that's the highest this season for the Rays. Three home runs in that inning. What, G-Mon Choi, uh, I believe Harold Ramirez had one, and then a Rosarena that inning. You know, so hopefully uh, you know, Kevin Cash and the players just kind of, that eh, was a bad game, you know, we'll shake it off. The three games that you had in Toronto that you finally started hitting, your hope is is that's going to get something going because you sure you sure need it. I mean, batting averages and everything in, in the majors, and you know we know you know it's about on base percentage more than that. But let's just go with batting average as far as the team goes. Harold Ramirez is hitting three seventeen. That's good. Um, Manuel Margot's 302. He's hurt. Maybe done for the season. Okay. G Man Choi's at 283. That's good. Yandy Diaz, 283. Then you get to everybody else. Wanda Franco, 259. Araza Reina, 256. Paredes, who's crushing the ball. And by the way, the Tigers, whew, you read some of their media reports up there. 
They're ticked off about that trade. Like, what happened to Isak Paredes, and why do we have Austin Meadows, who's not playing right now? He's hurt. They're going, how did we let this guy get away? No, he's had 13 home runs in 42 games for the Rays. What, 13 home runs and 129 at-bats. That's one every 10 at-bats. He's hitting a home run for the Rays. So he's batting 248, Kiermaier 230, Mejia 229. And you just go, Brandon Lau has been hurt 212, and then a bunch of guys under 200. So pitching and defense still is what the Rays have to have. The pitching's been phenomenal this year. The hitting, struggling, which means your defense better be good and your base running should be better, and it hasn't been. So uh, Rays uh, Boston again tonight, Boston on Wednesday. Then they go to Cincinnati this weekend, then they get Boston at home for four next week. So this is key stretch. They're now two and a half behind Boston. They're in fourth place still in the AL East. Still would be in the playoff spot if it started today as, as the Guardians are, I think, two games behind the Rays at this point. But you're only six games above 500, if I recall. Five or six. I believe it's six, and I'll look it up real quick here. Yeah, you're six games above 500 at this point. Now, with some of the offensive injuries, you could understand they're struggling a little bit. I mean, you know, forget the Yankees who are at a 725 clip and 15 games ahead of you. At this point, just forget them. At some point, they'll lose some games and start to come back and maybe have a shot to try to catch them. But... It's really about building up a bigger lead on in the wild card race. And you have a two-game lead on the Guardians to hold on to the last spot. But you're two games behind Boston. You've got six games against them in the next nine games. You need to make up some ground. You've got to start hitting. So we'll see what the Rays can do there. Lots of lightning news over the weekend. You don't always expect that now that we're in the offseason. Uh, but first, Nick Paul re-signed. Uh, the Lightning able to get a seven-year deal worth $3.15 million AAV to re-sign Nick Paul. Does it all for the Lightning. A big move for a center for them. And, and really a reasonable price salary at three point one five. Probably could have got more. Uh, but by giving him seven-year term, and he's 26 years old, by giving him seven years, you can get that number down. So it ends up being a... You know, $22, $23 million contract over seven years for him. So Nick Paul will stay in in Tampa Bay. That's a huge move as far as, you know, the great thing about him is the flexibility he gives. You saw him play in the bottom line, in the bottom two lines, the bottom six. But you also saw him play with Stamkos, with Kucherov, with Sorelli, with, you know, the Stamkos, with not as much Braden Point, but – you saw him play up and down the lineup and could play in any role, and he looks different than any center the Lightning have. You're so used to Lightning centers being like Tyler Johnson, uh, Ross Colton, Anthony Sorelli, Braden Point. Great centers, but 5'9", five, 5'10", five, a buck 70, buck 80. Nick Paul's big. He's, what, 6'3", 220-ish. He's got some size. He's got grit. He's got sandpaper. He, you can't get the puck away from him. He is tough on that puck. Um, he looks different than any lightning center you're used to seeing. And I think that's why he stands out on this team. And I think it's why it's a, a great addition to this team long-term for the lightning. You, you can't have a lineup of all the same players. And, and that's you know the beauty of the way the lightning have been constructed over the years. 
is players complement each other and, and players have their roles and their skill sets. And, you know, Andre Pallad on that top line with Cooch and Point, he plays a role and plays it very well. And, but he doesn't have the same skill set as Braden Point and doesn't have the same skill as Steven Stamkos or with or Nikita Kucherov. Is you've got to have skills that complement each other. And Nick Paul brings a, a physicality, a size, a grit, and something different for the Lightning um, that I think makes it harder to play against the Lightning. When you have to account for different types of players in that, I think that makes it harder. So I think that's a tremendous move for the Lightning and Julian Breezewell to get that deal done. Seven years at 3.15 AAV. But we've talked about the salary cap issues the Lightning have. And in particular, they have a a cap problem this year. But really, it's next year that the cap problem comes in. The salary cap went up to $82.5 million this year. Maybe it goes up another million next year to $83.5. Gary Bettman has said it's going to be a few years before the salary cap starts going up significantly. And it's based on... It's based on all the expenses the league has taken on over the last few years to get through COVID. To get through all all the hoops and they've had to jump through from playing finals and playoffs and bubbles to testing to... And and some of it is based on you're in two countries, so you've got seven teams in Canada compared to the U.S. and schedules and just lots of things where they took on more expenses. The players' escrow became bigger, but it didn't account for everything. So the league is still making up that. So even though they have record revenues, they're still playing catch-up from the amount of expenses and stuff they've had the last few years before the salary cap goes up significantly. So the Lightning's cap crunch this year is an issue. But next year is where it becomes harder. And the reason is, is look, there's a, there's a lot of players that come off the books, but there's a lot of restricted free agents due for big deals. Eric Chernak is making almost $3 million a year now. He's due for a big raise. Mikhail Sergachev's making $4.8 million this year. He'll be due for a big raise after this coming season. Anthony Sorelli's making four eight. He's a restricted free agent and will be due big money. Ross Colton is making $1.125 million. He's a restricted free agent and will be expected to have a big raise next year. There's four restricted free agents you're expecting to have big raises. Cal Foote's another restricted free agent who's at $850,000. He's going to get a raise next year. And so you've got... You've got a lot of guys that there's uncertainty right now as far as what their cap hit is going to be. Now, starting July 13th when NHL free agency hits, you can sign those guys for their future contract. Not for this season, their their contract is set. 4.8 for Sergachev, 4.8 for Sorelli, almost 3 million for Chernak, 1.125 for Colton, and 8.50 for for Calfoot. But you can go ahead and sign them. Much like Hedman signed that deal as soon as he was eligible, a year ahead of time, he signed his long-term deal. I think that's the goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They don't want this drag into next year, etc. But part of it is you have to get your cap number down, and they're still above the cap. In order to... So we know Andre Palat was a free agent. We know Jan Ruda. We know Nick Paul was a free agent. You've re-signed Nick Paul. And Riley Nash is a free agent as well. But you have to get your cap number down. And they're still over the cap. And so they just made the decision to trade Ryan McDonough, who's got four years left at 6.8-ish in that contract range. That's a lot of money. He's 33, 
It's 32, 33 in that age, maybe 34 even. I'd have to look that up again. But he's an elite defenseman. And you talk about a tough decision for Julian Breezeball on the Lightning. And I got to imagine it was tough on Ryan McDonough. He signed a long-term deal here hoping he could play here long-term. Had a no-trade clause in there, but not a no-move clause. And the Lightning went to him, and, and I, I, I believe they probably were going to try to buy him out if they couldn't create a deal with him. And so he agreed to be traded to Nashville, where they get back Philip Myers, who's a defenseman, who's got one year at $2.55 million this year, and he's a restricted free agent after this season as well. And they got a grant mismatch, a forward uh, who's in the minors right now but could have an impact going forward for the Lightning. He's played some games with the Predators. Financially, this deal makes perfect sense for the Lightning. They needed to get out of that $6.8 million for not Not so much for this year. They could have got by with this year, but it's really the three years after. They couldn't afford that contract three years from now because of a salary cap. And as Jillian Brisebois said, Look, if there wasn't a salary cap, we wouldn't have made this deal. We wouldn't have even entertained the deal. We love Ryan McDonough and what he's done. As a fan, this one hurts. It's put it up there with Tyler Johnson, Yanni Gord. Of course, Yanni Gord wasn't traded. He was he was taken by the Seattle Crack in the expansion draft. You know, put that up there with some Marty St. Louis being traded back in the day. Although he asked for the trade. Maybe different circumstances there. But from a fan's perspective, this Ryan McDonough one is hard it's hard to grasp and 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 seeing it how well he's playing right now too and this this may be one of those deals where you know odds are based on his age the way he plays the game and health that by the end of that contract he's not going to be necessarily worth 6.8 million that season the way he'll play but this may be one where you let him go a year too early and and it's kind of what you have to do at times you know, Bill Belichick gets praise for that in, in the NFL. You know, yeah, maybe he trades a player a year too early, but two or three years from now, it, it looks like a, a a good trade. And that may be kind of what the Ryan McDonough trade is too. Um, you can't find a better teammate. You can't find a better guy. You can't find a better person to represent your team and your community than Ryan McDonough. And it stings. And, and I, I'm sure it was hard on Breezeball. I'm sure it's really hard on McDonough's family. I'm sure there's a lot of guys on the team that don't like this move. They understand it. It's business. And as guys, as you win championships, which means you have lots of really good players on your team, players want to get paid. And, and they should get paid. They deserve it. This Lightning roster is full of players. I and mean, that's why Barclay Goodrow's not here anymore. It's why Blake Coleman's not here anymore. Not that, not that they don't want them. Not that they, the Lightning didn't want them. It's They were free agents and had a chance to make a lot of money, life-changing money for their families. And so they, they took it, and you, you can't blame them at all. Ryan McDonough, that $6.875 million, I believe is what the number was, for four more years was the easiest contract to move. You know, Next year, Alex Kalorn's contract falls off, and you could resign him. And then the year after that, Steven Stamkos' contract falls off. But this, this Ryan McDonough deal was less about this year getting to the cap, but really about how do you resign Sorelli, Sergachev, Colton, Chernak, Cal Foot? 
How do you re-sign those guys long-term? That's what this that's what this trade was all about. This trade was about 2023-24 and beyond. But they had to make the move now to help them get under for 22-23. Now, Andre Palat and Jan Ruder are still free agents. I don't know if that means they'll sign them. They could. I think they probably would like Jan Ruda back at the right deal. Andre Palat, if you can get a one-year deal from him, you'll take it. If it's going to be a multi-year deal, I don't know. And it may depend on what number he wants. Because like I said, it's 23-24. You've got to start signing guys like Ross Colton, Anthony Sorelli, Sergachev, and Chernak to raises. And probably some significant raises. So it's it's going to be it, it, the roster is going to change some more. I, I think they would love Palat and Ruta back. I, I, a lot of it's going to depend on the number and the term that's wanted. Andre Palat's thirty one, so is Jan Ruta. They're both thirty one year olds. Are the Lightning are, are are they willing to do a one or two year deal with the Lightning? For Palat's case, he was making five three before. I don't think the Lightning could afford five three. Jan Ruta was making one and change. You know, will he be a similar number, maybe a little bit of a raise? You know, Philip Myers is a right-handed shot defenseman. He's making 2.55. His contract's actually weird. If they bought him out, Julian Breeswell says they're not going to, or there's not the plan at this time. But if they bought him out, they actually would save cap money this year. They would get 600,000 more cap dollars based on the way his contract's structured, but then have a cap hit next year of... 500000 or something like that. It's just a weird way his contract is structured based on when the, the, the cash is. So salary cap is based on your average annual value of your contract. So you sign a 10-year – well, you can't sign 10-year deals. Say a five-year, $50 million deal. Whether they pay you $20 million in the first year and then, you know, whatever the difference is the rest of the time, or they pay you $10 million every year. For salary cap purposes, it's $10 million every year. But when you do buyouts, it's based on the cap savings is based on the cash outlay. So it's a little confusing. I can't tell you I know it 100%, but that's kind of how it happens. There's a few players that that have some – you can trade for them and it actually saves your, your cap. The, the Buffalo Sabres traded for Ben Bishop in order to actually hit the cap floor. He doesn't really impact their cap. or They, they didn't have to pay him much this year because he was basically owed no money or very little. But it, it was a big cap number and it helps him get to the floor, which is a whole different issue. If you're making trades just to get to the floor of the player you're not going to play, then what are you really doing competing in the league? But Buffalo is trying to rebuild and come out of that, and, and so they're growing and start that. But that's a different issue at this time. So. That's what happened with Ryan McDonough. I know a lot of fans are disappointed. I know my wife was very disappointed and, and others I talked to this weekend. Um, it, the back end is going to look a lot different. I mean, there's no question that McDonough and Chernak are the shutdown pair on this defense for the last three years, and they don't win two cups without Ryan McDonough. No question about it. And now Mikhail Sergachev's going to get the chance to step up. I mean, now there's... Look, they had the best left-side defense in hockey. Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev. You couldn't find me a three better left-handed shot defenseman on one team. Now Sergachev is the number two defenseman on this team as far as left-handed shots go. I mean, it's Hedman, it's Sergachev on the left side. 
On the right side, it's Chernak, and, and if Jan Root is back, Cal Foote's got to step up, and Philip Myers a right-handed shot defenseman. But Mikhail Sergachev now is going to be expected to step up and, and take on a lot more responsibility. And at 24, he should be ready for that in the amount of games he's played in time. And, and so it's a time for him to shine. I mean, that's the other part of this, much like some of the trades we talk about with the Rays. You know, they trade Willie Damas to make room for Wander Franco. They trade Austin Meadows to make room for Josh Lowe. I mean, sometimes you got to let these young guys grow, especially in a salary cap era. You know, that's, that's kind of the way it works. So um, it'll be interesting what Julian Breezeball does from here on out. Free agency starts in eight days on July 13th. The NHL draft is this week, uh, Thursday and Friday. Lightning have a first-round pick, and then they don't pick again until the fourth round. Uh, as they've traded several of the picks in the last few years to get players like Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul and Barclay Goodrow and Blake Coleman and that. So, Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, that's the latest with the lightning. Um, Champa Bay continues on as the Nathan's hot dog eating contest for the 4th of July took place in Tampa's own Miko Sudu. Wins the women's contest. She took last year off because she was pregnant, but came back this year. Ate 40 hot dogs in 10 minutes. And Joey Chestnut, with a broken tendon and a fan that came up in the middle of the contest with a a Darth Vader mask on that he put a chokehold on. 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Look, Joey Chestnut's amazing in food eating. But he's beaten guys. He's beaten everybody by 15 hot dogs in 10 minutes. He's eating a hot dog and a half more every minute than everybody else he's competing. I mean, it's not even close with him. He's won 15 championship or 15 of the the mustard belts now. And he's won what seven in a row, I believe. So, uh just incredible. I didn't watch it myself, although I've seen all the highlights on Sports Center. Uh just uh inc- I I just I don't understand how somebody can eat that that much. It just it's mind-blowing to me, and I'm sure it is to you, too. So, uh, Rick Strauss should be back tomorrow if uh, the airlines uh, hold up their end of the bargain and actually have flights that get him back to town. I know he's been off for a couple weeks. Hopefully he's well-rested. I'm sure he's got lots to say on the Lightning's uh, miracle not happening as far as winning the Stanley Cup against Colorado and also the Rays' lack of offense for the most part for the last couple weeks as they've really scuffled of late and uh, trying to figure it out. As we, we're not that far from the All-Star. All-Star game is, what, two weeks from tonight. So uh, Shane McClanahan, is that, don't, that the only Ray All-Star maybe? I mean, you got to have one. So I would think he makes it. Maybe he pitches an early inning in the game. That may be it for the race this year. We'll see. Um, kind of hard to, you know. Offensively, Isak Paredes has done well of late, but I don't know if he'll have enough to to make the team. So I would I would think Shane McClanahan, and we'll see if anybody else makes it. But um, 
hard to believe that we're already at the All-Star break just two weeks from today. So uh, crazy stuff. Really. Maybe Isak Paredes for the home run derby. What do you think? Think we can get that campaign going maybe? Uh, he's been incredible of late. So uh, anyway, Rick Stroud will be back tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you had a great, safe, and happy 4th of July. And remember, if you're looking into solar energy, call our friends at May Electric Solar. They've been uh, doing this for over 12 years. They don't use subcontractors, so you'll know exactly who's doing the job. Give them a call at 727-819-2862. 727-819-2862. Cut your energy bill down all year long preserve your quality of life preserve your appliances and help you get through the storm system may electric solar you can find them online at mayelectricsolar.com for the vacationing rick stroud i'm steve versnick have a great day everybody mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.